Welcome into the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. I'm Isaac Trotter, and we're joined today by Pat Ruffin. We're going to talk some Big Ten hoops, and yesterday was a heck of a day for Minnesota and Big Ten basketball overall in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, Minnesota beats Boston College 85-80. to The Big Ten goes 6-1 and yesterday. The only loss was Purdue, who blew a 17-point lead in the second half. Iowa waxes North Carolina. Illinois goes into Duke and kills the Blue Devils by 15. And Penn State goes in and beats a ranked Virginia Tech team by 20. So a great night for the Big Ten. And Minnesota probably had its best performance of the year. 85-80, to their win over Boston College. Uh, Liam Robbins had 14 points and 8 rebounds. Marcus Carr did his thing with 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. And both got 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Good night for the Gophers, Pat Ruff. For sure. You know, having uh, Booth do what he's been doing, the Austin kid, uh, has been really cool to watch after having seen him grow up a little bit at Austin, cover some of his games, did some stories on him and his brother in high school, and then have him come over here. And the last couple of games, he's just been really, really good. He had, you know, as you just mentioned, nine boards in this game. The game before that, he had nine rebounds. That's pretty good for a uh, shooting guard to be grabbing nine rebounds a game. I think you let him in rebounding both games. So he's been uh, he's been even more than advertised. You know, I kind of watch him yesterday and I go, he should be leading, uh, getting a lot of rebounds. with his, Just his length and his ability to get to the cup and just be yep. active so many different ways. Like right now he's second on the team in rebounds behind Robbins. And these transfers have been as advertised, right? Like Gotch has been great offensively at times. He's been a little inefficient a little bit, but he's starting to pick it up. He's shooting uh, 54% from the floor and 35% from three, which is pretty good with what you wanted. Yeah, I can't complain about that. Right, and then Robbins, nine and a half points a game, seven and a half rebounds, almost two blocks a night. Uh, Johnson hasn't been great. Brandon Johnson hasn't been great, but he's kind of given you what you wanted, seven points and five rebounds. So these transfers have come in, and they've definitely elevated the floor. I still have questions about where this group fits in long-term in the Big Ten. Because this conference is just so loaded. But I think it's pretty clear that the talent level is high. And you're not even getting your best ball out of what, who we thought were, were, could have been their second best player this year in Gabe Kalsher. Yeah. You, you mentioned Robbins. I, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree just a little. I think he's been pretty good the last two games. Prior to that, I was, I was really disappointed, to be honest. I mean, he really struggled. And, you know, it happens. He's a new guy trying to, trying to make his way. But offensively... He looked really clunky the first three games, and I'd say half of the fourth game he looked really clunky. But it's only been in the last game and a half that he's shown some pretty good signs. He's still a little bit fumble-fingered and whatnot, but he just looks like he's getting comfortable. And I'm, I'm excited about I went from really disappointed with him and thinking there wasn't much there from looks of things to thinking – he could be more than serviceable. Okay, so here's I'll push back on that just a little bit. I know what you're saying. I totally get it. There were some clunky bits. Like I don't love him posting up one on one against some guys. His his hook shot is really flat. The free yep. throw shooting hasn't been great. I mean, you don't like it when your big man's shooting 43%. But his ability to change the floor or change the the game when he's on the floor on the defensive end is just remarkable. I think, you know, I don't think the Gophers are a very good defensive team. 
But when they have Robbins and they have Kalsher on the floor together, that's an elite wing defender and that's an elite rim protector, and that's huge. And so I think the you you can kind of you can kind of be okay with some of the offensive struggles because you know what he's bringing to you on the glass and bringing defensively, and I think he'll improve offensively as he gets more comfortable in the system. I uh, I thought that the first few games was actually disappointing on defense too because he kept. Uh, jumping uh, instead of just going up, you know, straight up. I mean, he's seven foot with long arms. He was leaving his feet way too often, getting in foul trouble, off to the bench, and then just really didn't provide much of anything. And it's only been my eyes the last game and a half that he stayed on his feet, and he's been a very good defender. Uh, so it just seems like he's getting things figured out, which is huge for this team. If he can do that, they got a chance to be a solid team at the least. Yeah. So yesterday I'm, I'm watching the game and I'm taking notes and, you know, the bench hasn't been, you know, big time for them in the first few no. games, but my God, they stepped up in a huge way. I mean, Minnesota trails by 15 points in the second half and Jamal Mashburn Jr. just put them on his back a little bit. He, he can get his own when any, whenever he wants. He was four of seven from the floor, didn't make a three, but finished with 10 points, three rebounds. Three or three assists, one steal, and most importantly, zero turnovers. That was a really good showing for Mashburn and the bench yesterday, as the bench finished with uh, twenty-four points. Yeah, Mashburn. Uh, to me, he's looked good just about every game. Uh, but you know, it's been more on the defensive end. He can really move his feet. He's strong and sturdy. But he was billed coming in as a great shooter. And boy, Isaac, I mean, you saw it yesterday. Uh, taking people off the dribble and then pulling up and just hanging in the air and hitting shots. We've not seen that from anybody. They're desperate for somebody to make some shots, other perimeter shots, other than Carr. And he showed he can create his own shot and, and make it. Uh, he had me really excited yesterday. I think he's going to be a good player. He was a four-star recruit. He's a high recruit. And he, he showed it yesterday. But he can really defend. Well, and that's the thing, too, like, you need shot creators. And that was yep. Minnesota's biggest flaw last year because Daniel Turu is an NBA guy. We all love him, but he's not a shot creator, right? No. Marcus no. Carr is. And I think this year that might be why the, the Gophers could have a little bit of a higher floor because they have three legitimate shot creators. Gotch is a shot creator. Carr is yep. a shot creator. And I think Mashburn's going to evolve into being more of a shot creator too. Yep. Um, and that, you know, Calshire. Uh, who is the starting uh, two guard. He's not really a shot creator, uh, although he's starting to get to the rim a little bit better than he used to. But, you know, he his calling card is supposed to be hitting three-pointers. And he struggled mightily with that last year, and it's getting even worse so far this season. If he could ever get to the point where he starts to semi-consistently hit shots, to me, this then becomes a very dangerous team. But if he doesn't, um, you know, they're, they're not going to be nearly as good as they would be otherwise. That's my take. I, I struggle with it because he, he's missing threes right now. He's two for 20. But again, it goes kind of back to Robinson. I'm watching him play last night. And when Kausher's not on the floor, defensively, it's a mess. It is a mess. And you need that guy. I mean, think about the guys that Minnesota's going to have to face this year and those elite ball handlers in the Big Ten that or elite wing guys that Kalsher is going to have to go up against. Like, you know, Ayodosumu from Illinois is a guy that Kalsher is going to be all over. Look at Michigan State. He's going to be on either Rocket Watts or Aaron Henry. You look at Ohio State. He's going to be on Dwayne Washington Jr. Like, they're all of these elite ball handlers, elite shot-creating wings that he's going to have to shut down. So I feel like, 
again, I just go back to like, I feel like his defense is so good that you can't keep him off the floor. And eventually he's a good shooter. He's proved that in his, as a freshman, he had a little slump last year, but he's a good shooter. And I think that, I think that he's going to revert more to the average, right? Like the, the eventually so. the threes will fall. Just need to see if you go in. Um, he is the best defender on the team. He may be, I don't know. I don't, I haven't studied the big 10 thoroughly. I think you have actually, but, um, He's maybe the best, you know, perimeter defender in the league. I mean, he's an elite. He's the best defender I've ever seen them have. Uh, you said that the team is a mess when he's not out there. I think perimeter-wise, I mean, you go through the list, I think Carr's a really – he wasn't yesterday. But generally, Carr's a really good defender. Really? Um, you like it? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that one. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to agree to disagree well, on that. It just I feels like – I feel like sometimes Carr just exerts so much energy offensively that it he's a it doesn't he doesn't stay in front quite as much as I'd like him to maybe. Yeah, I think that happened yesterday. I I, I would agree with that, but but prior to that, I, I've got to watch more closely. We'll get back to you on that one in a few games. I think he's a very good defender. I think uh, Booth Gotch sometimes gets a little worn out if it's a long possession. He's good at the beginning, and then if it lasts too long, I think he sometimes loses his guy. Um, and then they come in with Trey Williams. I think he's a really good defender uh, off the bench, and I think Mashburn's a great defender. So to, to me, they're they're better out front than they are in the back. I, I hadn't been that impressed with Robbins as a defender. Sounds like you have been. I really wasn't until, like I said before, about the last game and a half, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so big picture-wise, Minnesota's 5-0 and right now. I don't think they've looked that pretty, but wins are wins, right? And I, I don't think this Boston College team is good. They're improved off of last year. They're not good. It's still – they were down by 15, needed to go to overtime to beat them. So I I don't know. Just I still look at this team and I go, they're going to compete. They're going to be tough. But I don't think I've seen anything in the first five games that makes me think that this is a team that's going to jump in the Big Ten standings from like you know 10th, 11th to maybe that – six, seven range yet. They, uh, they need a lot more to go for them before that, before they get there. I agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think the one thing that could change it is if Kelshire gets hot. Agreed. And I think then they become maybe, you know, ceiling would be like maybe the seventh best team in the big 10. If the other guys keep progressing, Kelshire is hitting shots. They can be a pretty good team then. Yeah. I'm not going to say they're going to be in the top three or four. But I think they could be in the top seven. If he doesn't, I think he's exactly what you just portrayed there. They'll, they'll be a 9, 10, 11, 12 uh, kind of team in the Big Ten. That's my guess. But it's a good. that doesn't mean you're a bad team. In the Big Ten, you can still be a pretty good team this year and be the 10th best team. And I, I think they're going to be, you know, if they're 10th, I still see them as a, as a pretty good team down the line. And a tournament team. If they're 10th, they're a tournament team, I think. Well, that, I can imagine that. I mean, I think the guys are going to keep progressing. I think Robin will keep getting better. They'll start finding their niches. Booth Gotch, though, man, he has helped them so much. I mean, you take him away, they're not – they're hurting. I mean, because he does so many things. To take him or Carr away, they're really in trouble. So hopefully those guys stay healthy. What has been the biggest positive that you've seen from this team in the first five games? Um, Carr taking his game to another level. I mean, he was third-team All-Big Ten last year. He's clearly a first-team All-Big Ten guy so far this year, if this continues. And I think it probably will, but we'll see it play out. 
and then Booth, gotcha. Those two guys have been the biggest positives uh, to me so far. Booth has been, seems like he gets better every game too. And he was okay the first couple, and then he's just been really, really excellent the last two or three. You know, I'm kind of looking at Ken Palm right now, and they have Marcus Carr as number nine in the nation, right? Like, you rank the top ten players on efficiency and what they've been doing. Like yeah. He's nine right now. Usage rate is up. So his ability to get to the free throw line has been terrific again. 32 free throws in the first five games. That's over six per game. He's been efficient once he gets to the rim. There have been Last night he wasn't. Seven for 20 from the field. You're not going to love that. But his no. ability just to, like, he can just get his. It feels like if I'm playing Minnesota, I'm just going to put him down for 18 every single night. Yeah. Like, he's just going to get 18. And maybe that's where you go, okay, I'm going to let him get 18, shut everybody else down. But Booth is not letting that happen. Booth is really – that three-point jumper is much improved for where it was yes. last couple years at Utah. Yes, it is. He made some daggers Just What did he shoot from three yesterday? I have it in front of me. Um, uh, two for five. I'm sure live with, uh, live with that. Um Marcus Carr was one for six, uh, but generally he shoots better than that from there. And then you mentioned he can get to the free throw line. He doesn't just get there. Then he makes almost all of them. Yeah. He's a hell of a free throw shooter. He was seven for eight yesterday. Um, I want to see more out of Ma- I want to see more minutes from Ashburn. And if Kelshire struggles, uh, if I'm the coach, I wouldn't hesitate to make give Mashburn more minutes, maybe even than – I know you disagree with that, and I understand your reasoning for it, but – I, they need somebody else to score, and if Ashburn shows he can do it, and Kelshire can is a struggle, it might be a way to go. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that mm-hmm. that's absolutely a completely fair take. I would like to see more, um, more minutes for a, a lineup that includes like Carr and Gotch together, but then also have Mashburn with those two guys. Yeah. And and maybe maybe you also have Kalster on the floor and you move you play a little bit small and have Gotch play the quote unquote four. I mean he's long yeah, enough right. and athletic enough to do that yeah. because Johnson Brandon Johnson hasn't really given you a lot. Isaiah Innan's been okay. I, I there's I like him as a piece. Like he he does some good things for you. But I think that you could have a you could go small quote unquote with Carr and Gotch and Kalsher and Mashburn and Robbins. That's going to match up with some teams. That's going to give some teams some problem because you're still protecting the rim with Robbins. And then you have the ability with those other four guys, you could switch everything with those other four guys. And you have, again, three shot creators and a Kalsher as a shooter that we still like, that we still think those threes are going to fall. And then your rim runner and Robbins. So I, I'd like to see that lineup a little bit more. And then maybe Mashburn can take some heat off of some of these other guys and also get some good opportunities for him to create right. for himself in advantageous situations. No, that's a fun idea, actually. That dawned on me yesterday, too, that that might be something that they try. Uh, you know, when Gatch is your second-leading rebounder, obviously, what can he rebound against someone who's 6'9", and it's powerful. I mean, he's probably 190 pounds, so that, that could be a little bit tough. But, um, but boy, they, they like to get up and down, and they get up and down even better uh, with that lineup. I mean, Mashburn can really run, and Gatch, and Carr, and Kalshire to a certain extent. Well, I look at it and I go, that type of lineup could really be effective against some teams. Like, Indiana's going to play big, and Wisconsin's going to play big. So you probably can't play that against them. And Michigan State is also probably going to play big for the most part. They do a little bit where they go five, where Joey Hauser, the the transfer, has been really good from Marquette. He's been really good, and he goes to the five a little bit. But Illinois plays four guards in a big. That's a team that they could do that same type of lineup against. Penn State plays four guards in a big. That's exactly the thing. Maryland does a lot of the same thing. 
Iowa does a lot of the same things. You want to run and shoot with Iowa, you might have to play four guards and a big to go up against Garza and that team because they just drained 17 threes on North Carolina yesterday. So I feel like that's a type of that type of lineup could be really useful once Big Ten play rolls around, and maybe that's a thing where they just hold it in their bag a little bit and then release it down the road. Well, maybe you know you play a team like Wisconsin. Maybe you make them try to match up with you, and maybe they can't. You know, you're getting up and down, and they can. And you find out that doesn't work. Um, stop it, you know, throw in a bigger guy, but maybe it would, and you'd have more shooters and and uh, more ball handlers and speed and quickness. So make them try to guard you instead of worrying about them. I I thought yesterday that Richard Pitino's comment about the bench of, like, make me play you, I thought that was really interesting because he's got two guys off his bench, and, in and, and especially Mashburn, that they're difference makers when they're out on the floor. They just have to eliminate those mistakes. And if they can do yeah. that, that that's a team that you go, okay, we like the starters, but if those two guys can step up and can, can continue, give you what they did last night, six points from in and spread the floor. He's going to knock down some threes. He's going to rebound. And Mashburn, spread the floor, shoot, making mid-range jumpers. We think he has the capabilities to make the three. We've seen it in, on the AAU circuit plenty of times. Uh-huh. Like That's a team that could be really – Really solid. Like that, that mm-hmm. if that's the tenth best team in the Big Ten, I don't want to play them. I don't want to play them at all. They but they do yeah. need to improve on their defense. Yep. Well, Enan, you mentioned Enan. He's one I I I like the idea of Enan more than maybe what he, he uh has actually shown, but he sure looks apart, doesn't he? I mean he's six nine, he moves well, uh, he handles the ball, he passes pretty well. The only shot I've ever seen him make though, I think, is the three. I mean in, in, in two years here. He doesn't. He'll take a couple of quick dribbles towards the hoop, get within about five feet, and then he'll stop and he'll look for somebody to pass to. I wish he could finish that thing off with a little jump hook or something inside. He's got all that length. My goodness, he's got long arms and he's six nine and he's probably two fifteen or whatever he is. He's not a little guy. Go finish that up. So, but yeah, they have some. Uh, they have some pieces to see how it uh, how it evolves. All right, so we've we've kind of raved about the positives here. I think the negatives for me are defense, right? And I still have questions about that four spot. I, Jarvis Omersa yeah. is not really giving you a lot. Brandon Johnson's been fine, serviceable, but not. I don't think he's a difference maker. Eric Curry has been okay. Uh, what else do you? What What are some things that are concerning you about this team after five games? Well, I think Brandon Johnson looked a little bit better the last couple of outings, but he just hurt his ankle at the end of the last game, and he looked like he was in a whole lot of pain. I have a hunch we won't see him for a while. Um, well, Cal Shires obviously went with a shooting. A fantastic defender, but, man, they needed him to make some threes. Um, Robbins uh, has been, again, a way better the last couple games. I thought he was a mess the first three um, so he needs to keep progressing, stay on his feet. Don't try to jump <laughs> and block shots. And, and, and a lot of times he tries sort of one hand rebounds and they fumble around in his hands. I like to see him just grab it with two and be really strong with it. I think he's got a ways to go there. Um, he needs some stick on his hands. Yeah. If you notice there's a little bobble there. Oh too, yeah. Pretty awesome. He doesn't have great hands. For some reason, uh, big men just have the worst hands. I don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> Jarvis Immersa, uh, I love his energy, uh, his spark, uh, but you know, productivity-wise, he's not done uh, not much. <laughs> and I see, he, you know, I watched the game and I'm looking at the minutes here. He played three minutes last night. I would like to see 
what they did last night, have Enan play those minutes, which he did. I didn't thought the prior two games, he had very few minutes. Enan, last night they flip-flopped that. Enan got 24 and Mercer got three. I think that's, you know, Mercer probably deserves a little more than that. But I like to see Enan over Mercer. Uh, that's about it for, you know, everybody keep getting better and playing, figuring out how to play together. It's so many new guys. It takes a while. So just want to see it gel. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to have a lot of time to gel either. Next week they'll play no. Illinois is their first Big Ten game. That's on December 15th. St. Louis is like is on the schedule for the 20th. That's a pretty darn good team too that beat LSU earlier this season. And then Iowa and Michigan State and Wisconsin and Ohio State and Michigan. Right? Like those are that's that's the next few games that it's like you don't have a game off. So I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Boston College was the best team ranked that they'd played in their 85th in Ken Palm. So they'll play yeah. UMKC on Thursday. Um, and that'll be it. And then after that, they play Illinois, 14th, St. Louis. 38th, Iowa, 8th, Michigan State, 15th, Wisconsin, 7th, Ohio State, 12th, Michigan, 16th, Iowa, 8th, Michigan again in 16th. So like their next 10 games are all against top 30-ish Ken Palm teams in the country. So we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next 10 days and see if they're really for real. I think they probably, and I'm an optimist, so uh, I think they will go 2-8. and eight. That doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, and, and I usually am, I'm usually more hopeful than I should be. I see it about two and eight. Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a that's a gauntlet right there. Well, Ken Palm has them one and nine in that, so you're yeah, right. I mean, you're I, right there on that. Like, and they're gonna have chances because I think you know the, it's the Big Ten, right? Everybody knows everybody, and I think that their offensive weapons will keep them in the game. It's just. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm just concerned if they if they're going to be able to string together enough stops. And what if Carr has one of those, you know, inefficient seven for twenty games? Like, are they going to be able to get out of those holes like they were able to do yesterday? Because you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, they're all better than Boston College. Like, you're not going to play a Boston College team like that too many often. Oh, you, you asked me about concerns. Here, here's a here's a big one to me and. Yesterday, just looking at it now, they did out-rebound Boston College 43-41. to 41. But they've been out-rebounded by University, I, I think, or, or, or way too close. University of North Dakota, Marymount twice. I mean, they've got a big lineup that doesn't rebound very well. That, to me, is a massive concern. When teams are getting second chances, I think their defense is actually – we're going to disagree on this one. I think their defense has actually been okay. I think the rebounding has really cost them, and that needs to shore up a lot uh, for them to have a chance against an Illinois or you know some of these real studly bigger teams. That's the thing, though. Like their first four Big Ten games against Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Now those are the top four teams like projected in the Big Ten, but those are yeah. also the four best rebounding teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, so like they're going to be really challenged right away. I know it. No, that spells that spells trouble. I think it. And Robbins isn't a guy that's just going to go get you. Tw- I mean, uh, last year, um, our center last year, Aturu. I do this. Aturu. Um, I'm getting old, Isaac. <laughs> um, Daniel Aturu. He would get you 12 rebounds a game. Yeah. You know, we don't have anybody to do that now. I mean, uh, I guess most teams don't. But that was that was the luxury. You go, okay. Nobody else is rebounding very well, but Daniel gets you 12, and he did it just about all the time. 
And so they don't have that. Robbins isn't that guy, at least not yet. So I don't know. I think I think you got to feel okay though about Robbins. I think he, I don't think he's a Turu, but I think he probably will be like eighty percent of a Turu. Like I'm looking at his offensive rebound percentage and defensive rebound percentage on Kenpom, and he's top two hundred in the nation in both of those individually. So that that's a pretty good start for him. He's not a Turu. I'm not saying he is, which is true, and he needs to step his game up a little bit. But I, yeah. I think I think there's I think there's potential there for him to be to be that guy for you where he can get 10 or 11 for you every night. Okay. But that, I think, that would be, yeah, that'd I, be great. I think Carr is the one, or, or not Carr. I think Gotch is the one that can really, if he continues this rebounding surge, that would be monstrous, monstrous. Yes. He is, uh, you described him as very long. He, he is that, and he can jump and he's fast. Question about him. You know, he, he, he was going to come out, uh, and enter the NBA draft last year uh, after he left Utah and then he decided to transfer. What are the chances that he tried? I think it'd be a mistake if he tried to go pro after this year, but but he might. What are the chances that he'd get drafted in the first two rounds with Gatch? Um, I would say I don't think he's a I don't think he's a draft pick yet. Yet. That's, I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know. I, so I think that would be low. You know, if I'm him, I look at it and I go Man, if I could get a chance, like say Marcus Carr leaves, I would be really interested. Yeah, which I think he will. I'd be interested to see if Gotch would come back if Carr left, because mm-hmm. then he could be the guy. And I, you know, he, he has a big role on this team, but he's not the guy. Marcus Carr's the guy. So I think Gotch would want that, and I think he could prove to NBA teams that hey, here's my full game. And he's never got the chance to be the guy. He didn't get it at Utah the first two years. He's a great player for them this year, but he's not the guy. And I think, I think it'd be smart for him to come back for one more year. And honestly, it might be smart for Carr to come back too. You run it back with this group next year. You could have a chance for all five starters to return next year. Mashburn gets right. another year of experience. That that'd be something. That'd be really that, something. That, here's a pie in the sky thing. What if Chet Holmgren, you know, what Chet Holmgren is. Oh yeah. What if, and it's a big if, if he decided to come here, how good – and Carr came. This is all pie-in-the-sky stuff. Chances are small. No chance in hell. Huh? No chance in hell. If I he talked did, to a guy close to Holmgren, and I said he, and he said he put him on the list nicely for Minnesota, but there's no let's, chance in the world. Let's do it anyways. Okay. His dad played here. We'll go with that. If he did come back and Carr came back, how good would they be? That's a really freaking good team. Like that is a that is a top twenty five, hands down Big Ten contender. Not the favorite, the contender though, because you could have a lineup of Carr and Gotch and Kalsher in the backcourt. Mashburn's the first guard off the bench. Those are four guards you you really like, and you know with Holmgren's ability to be the best player in the country. He's the best player in the country. He is in this in his recruiting class. You could play him at the four and Robbins at the five. Like you have two seven footers on the floor, and you could do that because Holmgren's ability to shoot the three and create offensively. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a holy crap. That's a good team. Like that yeah, is we're a for that. What's up? I'm looking forward to that. I bet you are, but the problem is, is that Holmgren's going to Gonzaga probably, <laughs> or Duke, or Kentucky. <laughs> but one of those three. <laughs> Duke and Kentucky aren't recruiting him. I don't think. Everybody's recruiting the number one player in the country. Right now, do you want to go to Duke or Kentucky? Both of those programs don't look very good right now. Uh, and and uh, Matthew Hurst looked really good, but the team hasn't. 
that Matthew Hurt has looked very good. He was a problem yeah. last night for Illinois. He did a really good job. He just his only problem was he got in foul trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I still trust the pedigree there. I still trust the pedigree because yeah. all they got to do is to go, hey, I mean, you come here, you're going number one, right? You're just getting R. You just are. Like, you're going to go in the first round, and you're probably going to be a top 10 pick because that's what we do at Kentucky and Duke. Although, if I'm him, I go to Gonzaga, personally. I think Gonzaga is a great they program. They're a great program. They're the best team in college basketball this year, them or Baylor. They have a big man factory. They're cranking out big men, like, left and right. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd fit in really well there with that culture. So, but if he yeah, went to Minnesota, they'd also be really good, and he'd make he'd be a legend, a legend. Like yes, he would, and and he'd still go first in the draft. I don't care, you know. He could go to, uh, you know, um, Eastern Illinois, and, and I don't think they're recruiting him. I don't think but so. Wherever he goes, <laughs> it's not like the NBA scouts lose track of you because you didn't go to Duke. I mean, they're paying attention to you. They, they, they remember where you are and they remember what you did and, you know, you'll get picked. You don't have to go to Duke and Kentucky to do that. Agreed. I'm not going to lie. Like, Kentucky get got boat raced twice, including beat by a horrible Georgia Tech team. And then Duke last night, Illinois – or first off, Michigan State came back from a 13-point deficit on them and punked them. Then Illinois <laughs> beat the doors off of them yesterday again. Like, I – I personally, like, every time Duke and Kentucky get crushed, it's a great day for me. It's just an absolute great day. Like, I don't lose any sleep at night knowing that Duke and Kentucky are getting trashed on their home floors. None. I'm one, I'm one who tends to root really hard for Matthew Hurt. Right. And then not so much for Duke. I have a hard time transitioning after all these years of not li- liking him just because Matthew's there. I, I, I like him certainly better than I used to, but I always I'm always pulling heavily for Matthew Hurt and Duke itself. Anyway, not sure why that is. They've done everything right. Shashevsky's a hell of a guy, an awesome coach. Maybe it's just jealousy after all that success. Just what happens. That's what it is. I will say Hurt Hurt has in, has really like he has really improved his his stock. His draft stock is Absolutely. going higher and higher. I mean, he made the right choice to come back for his sophomore year. He's for sure. he's their best player, and it's not close. And they got some young guys that are going to be pretty good. I still think that Duke team is going to put it together. But Hurt's the so. most important player on that team and the best player on that team. That's good for him, man. Good for him. The pieces there just don't seem to fit yet, and it's super early. I get that. It is. But um, anyway. Is, uh, is Hurt going to be um, a Minnesota Timberwolf next year? Uh <laughs> Well, he'd pair how, well with Cat. How how early? Well, they don't have a first round pick, so it'd mean they're grabbing him in the second round. Trade trade up into the first round. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, let's be fine with me. Well, let's take him. Yeah, you could run it back with uh, Beasley, and you can have D'Angelo Russell, and you can have Anthony Edwards, and Cat, and Michael Hurt, or Matthew Hurt, and Michael Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> throw them all. Throw all the Hurts in there. <laughs> Bring them all in there. Maybe can, maybe can, can run him. Can shoot a little bit. Can his sister? Uh, can their sister also play for them as well? Add a shooter off the bench. I, I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, you said um, I'm kind of again. I'm looking at Ken Palm. Think, l- listen to the stat I got for you. So they have ten of the Big Ten teams in the top 32 in the country. Ten of the top 32 teams in the country. Wow are from the Big Ten. Minnesota's not one of those. They have them 47th, but they're that next team. And that's just, that's just incredible. That's just incredible. That really is. Who are the 10 in order? uh, They have Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, 
Illinois, Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, and then now Purdue is at 32nd. I'm a little I'm a little lower on Purdue. I, I you know they lost yesterday to Miami, who's not very good. So I, I like Minnesota more than Purdue to be honest, and I have yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, I think, is ranked way too high. Agreed. I really do. Huh? Agreed. Agreed. I, I just don't think there's that much there. I, I, I love Reavers. I think he's great. And then I think Trice is a good shooter. And then there's not that much there I'd really want. Micah Potter's good. He's okay. He's not great. But, I mean, yeah, he's decent. But they lost to Marquette, and I know it's early. Marquette was an unranked team, and then Marquette just was losing to somebody bad yesterday. I, I just don't – I just don't – I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think Wisconsin's a great team. They don't have great players. They are a team that Ken Palm loves their defense. They have them as the sixth best defense in the country. But they're off. I mean, offensively they're efficient, but they're so slow. Like their pace is so slow, and it just again. I always go back to shot creators, and it feels like Trice is the only true shot creator that they have. Yeah, and and that's a problem. And Reavers and and Potter can do some nice things, and they're going to win a lot of games this year because they're a veteran team oh, that sure. plays great defense and they have a system. But it's like, do we really trust them to be able to knock off some of these elite teams in the country? I I don't I don't know I don't know about that. And I think I just I think I like Michigan State more than them. I think I like Illinois more than them. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And I I have questions about Iowa's defense, but Iowa beat Wisconsin. So like Wisconsin's not not great against those top three teams in the Big Ten. I don't think. I think they I were. Was, I think they're one and three. I was very good. I mean, yesterday. I don't want them to be, but they are. I'll admit it. They're very good. Yesterday was like the Iowa game, right? Like they hit seventeen threes. Garza doesn't even have a great game, but Frederick is rolling, Bohannon's rolling, McCaffrey's are good, right? All that stuff. And they have this huge lead, and then they give up 37 points in the first 11 minutes of the second half to North Carolina. But then they find a way to crank it out at the end. It's like, that's the perfect Iowa game. Their flaws were shown, and also their unbelievable talent. Like, if they make 17 threes, you're not going to beat them. You're just not going to. They might give up 89 points a game, but they're also probably going to score 97. It's just crazy. How about, and we're probably prolonging things here, but uh, your Illinois team, which I like a lot, um, tell me tell me your biggest concern with them. And, and they've been really good, but what, what's your biggest concern with Illinois? I mean, I, I'm not saying this as a grad, but I think that they're the most complete team in the Big Ten. I think mm-hmm. they have everything it takes to win. I think, you know, they, they're great defensively. They have multiple options um, offensively. They're deep. Yesterday they had seven guys score at least nine points in their win over Duke. Um, I I don't I tell you I mean I'm not even saying this is bad. I just I don't see many flaws with this team. I think the one thing that could maybe concern you a little bit is that you know Kofi Coburn, their big man inside, hasn't been everything that you wanted him to be yet. Um, but their bench has stepped up, and Georgie Bashanish really their backup big has played better. But I think my biggest concern would probably be Kofi because he just hasn't shown everything yet. And if he shows it and gets back to that all Big Ten potential that he was playing like last year, then mm-hmm. Illinois goes from a really good team to a scary team. But I mean, they played right there with Baylor for 32 minutes, and they kicked the the snot out of Duke yesterday. Like that's a good team. Like that's a really good team. They have an All American, and they have an All American, and that. 
that's like the winning formula. Good defense, All-American, good backcourt, good frontcourt. Like, I just, I just, it's hard for me to find a lot of flaws there with that team. So it's exciting time in Champaign for sure. They have one loss. Just to Baylor. Just to Baylor. Baylor, Baylor might win the national title. Like, I love that team. After watching them play, like, they're the best defensive team in the country, and it's not close. Switch one through five. Great backcourt. Two All-Americans. Like, them and Gonzaga feel like one and two. And then it feels yeah, like there's, great. like, this second tier where it's, like, Illinois, Michigan State, and Iowa are right there with, with some of these other, other top teams in the country, like Kansas. So, that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, Gonzaga has turned into the Duke of the of the of the West, hasn't it? There's, I mean, you don't know Gonzaga has been really good in anything else. I mean, think about Duke. What are they, what else are they good at? They've had this basketball program that forever has been great. Gonzaga now is you know pitched a tent in Spokane, and and they just got it going. I mean, they're well coached. They get great players that play together. They were, fun to watch. They recruit. So, they recruit nationally better than anybody else. They go overseas they and find the best point. players. Yeah, they didn't used to, but now they've got that too. Yeah, I mean, uh, grab Suggs, and he's supposed to be the number one pick in the draft next year. I mean, God, he's really good. Hopefully, he de- hopefully he's healthy, fully healthy. He had that injury scare. Um, yeah, and they haven't got to play because COVID popped up, and that's the thing. It just it just stinks because like I wanna, I I am invested in this year. I'm all invested. In, I watch these games every day. Like my like that's the college basketball is my sport. Like I guarantee, like I watch like maybe three or four games a day, it feels like, while I'm working and stuff. It's a great life. and and it's But it's still a little hard for me to go all in because it's like we just never know when this could get ripped out from underneath us with COVID or like a team's out for two weeks. It's just like it's it's so – it just sucks because like I feel like college basketball right now is so fun for – you know, the Big Ten is better than it's ever been and I just wish I could, you know, get all well, into it. And when your favorite team, and that being Illinois for you, is as good as it is, and it is really, really good, then it hurts even more to go, ah, oh, I finally have a toy that I've been wanting for, you know, right. for a long time, and here it is, I get to play with it, now they're going to take my toy away. Well, and that's the thing where I just, I'm, I'm really, like, you know, um, my wife works at Mayo Clinic, and, you know, she's she's talking about how the vaccine is coming, and, you know, the nurses are going to start getting vaccinated by the end of this month, and it's like, okay. We're finally rounding the corner. It's like there's a chance for some normalcy to come back here pretty soon, and I, right. I, I just can't wait for that for that day to come where we don't have to worry about this anymore. Are college basketball players essential workers? <laughs> They're getting treated like for they you, are right they are. now. For you, this year, for you, they are. I mean. I got to be honest, like, I got to be honest, they're being treated, across the country, they're being treated like, like, they're, we're not supposed to travel, but they're traveling all over the country, we're not supposed to go see our family for Christmas, they're traveling all over the country, like, they're getting treated like, you know, they should get paid for what they're doing right now, honestly, I really right. don't even think that for the, a lot of money for the universities, and that's a whole other topic. They don't even and, get to go see their families this year. They're they're flying all over the, across the country and then locked in their hotel rooms so that they don't test positive for COVID. And yeah. and they're doing this on the backs of everybody else. Now, granted, the players want to play, and I totally get that. They want to have these opportunities. There's a lot of benefits for it, but it's also like, man, they're 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 having like they're having like they're going through stuff that's worse than what NBA players had to go through sitting in a bubble and you know in Orlando right like they're they're these college players are being a little exploited honestly and they should get paid for it if they start protesting how things are going in terms of being sequestered and all that kind of stuff then then you might have I haven't heard that yet 
but then you might think more strongly like no this is just not right this is they're totally exploiting them um but i you know i, I think what you said is true they probably want to play they're in the middle of what they love to do more than anything and uh, but you know, some of them might speak out. You never know. I guess we'll all find out. But I'm I'm just excited for the Big Ten to be good. Um, the Big Ten ACC challenge continues tonight. A lot of good games tonight. Nebraska will play Georgia Tech. Clemson is going to play tonight. They're going to play Maryland. Indiana, Florida State's a good game. A um, couple games have gotten canceled. Michigan State and Virginia got canceled. Wisconsin's not going to play their game. Uh, so that that kind of stinks for us. But. We, this is college basketball this year, and we just have to adjust and keep going and enjoy the games we have because this, this conference loaded. Pat, thanks again for hopping on. We'll continue to talk Big Ten hoops throughout the year, and hopefully Minnesota can show us a little bit of what, what they're going to be this year, and I think they'll get their chance in the next couple weeks. We'll find out more. Thanks so much for listening to the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. Have a good one.